Hey everybody, welcome to the Bold Sidebar Podcast, a podcast for lawyers, judges, and professionals serving clients. I am your host, Attorney Jeff Horn. My task is to interview the best of us to discover the tips, tricks, and techniques you need to serve your client and keep your sanity. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Bold Sidebar. Uh, today, I have Mike McDermott back again. He was just here a couple weeks ago because the PPP, everyone's talking about it, was the hot topic. Well, since then, on June 5th, the government, the federal government, changed the rules again, making it, frankly, much easier to achieve forgiveness of your entire PPP loan, but not much easier to figure out how to achieve forgiveness. So I've asked Mike, and he's generously offered to come back in. We're going to keep this one a little bit short and sweet, just it's a follow-up on the last episode that Mike was on. Today is the 16th of June. I'm going to get this one out as fast as possible, so it probably will be the 18th or 19th when you guys are listening to this, so it should still be fresh information. Mike, thanks for coming back. Always a pleasure, Jeff. Well, let's just get right into it. Last time, we were fetching over 75% is going to be payroll, 25% is going to be other stuff. Now it's 60-40. So let's let's break down what's the 60, what's the 40, how are people going to utilize this money, be compliant, and earn forgiveness? Sure. So you, you said June 5th is the kind of new date, right? So that that's an important date. We'll come back to that. So the biggest thing was, or two of the biggest things, is they've extended the eight-week covered period. If you remember originally, it was as soon as you got your loan, you had eight weeks to spend um, that loan amount. And if you spent 75% on payroll costs, including payroll plus health insurance, plus retirement employer, retirement contributions, as long as 75% was spent of the loan amount during that eight week period, and you could spend up to 25% on other covered costs, rent, utilities, mortgage interest, those type of things. You know, what made it difficult is the loan was based on the average of two and a half times, two and a half months payroll, yet you only had two months to spend it. <laughs> so if you didn't have high rent, if you, you know, if you're maybe a lot of people saw their payroll actually decrease. Right. Um, so it made it challenge. So I think common sense prevailed here where they realized, listen, you know, maybe especially high rent areas too, perhaps like a place like New York City, if someone's looking to reopen, well, their rent is probably going to be more than 25% of their payroll costs, of their total costs. So mm-hmm. they, they looked at it and said, let's let's kind of make it a 60-40 split. So now 60% has to be on payroll-related costs, 40% on those other covered expenses. And they've also extended the period from eight weeks to now 24 weeks. Right. And we were talking about this before. The 24 weeks or the eight weeks starts on a mysterious day that the taxpayer doesn't even know what that day is. Yes, it, they've clarified it. It's <laughs> first it was when you were funded, but now we're being told it's when the SBA assigned your number. God only knows when that is. I mean, I think uh, maybe a day before, yeah. you know, it's probably when you were notified that you were approved, I guess. Um, right. who knows, you know, I mean, I yeah. think hopefully this 24 week period will make that a moot point anyway. I think most people should 
uh, kind of qualify for that forgiveness during that extended period of time. Right, right. So if you got your money early on and you went to scrambling to maybe even manipulate some of your numbers to fit into the forgiveness criteria and you are just a little bit short, right? I mean, I'm talking a few thousand bucks right. short. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think it's going to be worth it for people to now try to redo all their numbers again and try to extend out to 24 weeks? Or do you think this is really designed to help the people who got the money a little bit later on in the cycle? Yeah, I think it's designed for those who got a little bit later on and also probably for those that couldn't reopen immediately. Okay. I mean, I did have a few clients who initially were approved for a PPP, but they were still closed per the governor's order. So it was kind of like you paid people, you know, employees to stay home. Right. Um, at the time, we kind of advised them, you know, you kind of have to do that. You have to pay these employees. Of course, after the fact, now they've extended 24 weeks, it would have been nice to say you have a longer period of time so that we kind of ramp up to that, uh, you know, kind of full capacity, if you will. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think if you're close, that's going to be a, a determination that you have to make because it is still only a 1% loan. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on your situation. Some people are going to be, I just want it over with. I met my eight weeks. I spent the majority of it, submit my paperwork, be done. I'll pay a little bit of it back. I mean, Either way, under right now, the EI, if you got an EIDL grant, that component of it's not forgivable anyway right. you know, with the PPP. So, you know, it's kind of, it may not matter anyway. So, I mean, I, I would say generally if you're pretty close, I'm probably the type, and you and I are very similar, just I'm not going to worry over a few thousand dollars. Right. I'd rather just pay it and get it, you know, get it done and, and know that my paperwork is in and it's off my books. Because remember, it is a loan. So it's still sitting as a loan until it's forgiven. It's absolutely sitting. If you look at your bank account online, you look at the bank that you did business with, it turns out I had the same bank that I used for my day-to-day -day business right. account. It's it's on there and it's accumulating interest. Yes. It's going up. So well, how did this happen? Why is it why is it higher? Because it, it is indeed a loan. And I'm glad you reminded me about that EIDL, because I got that little bit of money early on. So something's getting paid back anyway. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and while we're talking about the EIDL, you know, there was a mad rush for people to kind of apply for it. Then there is kind of silence. Some people, I think like yourself, the PPP was delayed, but you got the grant initially. Right. Then the PPP came and then all of a sudden I've getting clients saying, oh, by the way, I got approved for up to $150,000. Um, and that really only met people who kind of really filed that within the first couple of weeks because then it clearly got shut down because there was so much abuse by larger companies and whatnot. Then the government kind of shut it down and just made it available for agricultural-related companies. Uh, just last night, as a matter of fact, they've supposedly reopened the EIDL. So if you haven't applied for that, you can still apply for the EIDL. So you know, there are some people who maybe exhausted their PPP or maybe they didn't qualify for the PPP because they you know, they were closed and they were concerned about it. Um, EIDL might be another option. So I would say if you're listening to this and you haven't, you're thinking about it, apply and see how much you get. And then you can always say no if you want. But I mean, they've kind of opened the window again that most of us thought was closed. Well, that's great. I mean, the just a reminder that EIDL is 3.75% 
30-year fixed. Yeah. So, again, that's not very bad terms. And uh, like Mike is saying, you know, I, I mean, make the application. You can always turn it down or not take the full amount. You can always pay it back. There's no prepayment penalties with these kinds no. of loans. Mm-hmm. You know, really, you just can't take it and buy a Rolls Royce like we were talking about. Yeah, time. yeah. And under $25,000 is no personal guarantees, no collateral. So it's, you know, it's not a bad deal if it's, you really need it. Once again, that is only a loan. There's no forgiveness right. on that. But if you're struggling and, you know, maybe it's going to help a few people get back in business. So I feel like we weren't making such great decisions, whether I'm talking about the federal government or down to our micro small businesses. Our brains were all over the map. And people were saying to me, well, I'm not going to take a loan because I don't need it. And I was saying to them, time out. Who are your customers? Yes. Your customers are about to be broke in three months, six months down the road. Oh, you sell only to local government? Guess what local government's going to be doing? Tighten the belt. So I don't think it's such a bad idea to take the loan. And both of these have deferrals in terms of when your first payment is even due, as I recall. Yes, six months. So, so, you know, really. It it buys you time. You may pay a little bit of interest, but... You know, hopefully by then things are back to somewhat normal. But you, like you said, the uncertainty of it all, who knows? Um, yeah. Not yeah. a bad deal. So speaking of uh, payment terms, when payments start, so forth and so on, we go back to this June 5th thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a differential between those that received their, well, their, their number was assigned, I guess, before or after June 5th as yeah. to what your payback term is, right? Yeah, I mean, they should have made it June 6th, so we call it D-Day. I mean, it would be apropos. But, <laughs> so if you if you received your loan or were signed your loan before June 5th, you still kind of fall under the old payback terms of two years. If it's post-June 5th, you actually now they've increased the maturity to five years, so it made it even more attractive to those maybe who got shut out or were thinking, maybe contemplating whether to do it. Um, now... If you got it post June 5th, um, you're, you do not have the option of going the eight week period of cover, you know, the covered period. You have to do 24. Oh, okay. Um, where prior you have the option. I say. It's one or the other if you had it pre June 5th. So. Right. We have five years if it's after two years if it's before. That's correct. not discretionary correct. anymore. But the covered period, if it's pre June 5th, you get to choose the eight, you know, if it's post June 5th that you received your loan, then you're. It's a 24-week period. Gotcha. Now, when we first talked about this, it seemed that you had to bring back uh, FTEs, full-time equivalent employees, by the 30th of June to um, deal with the headcount issue. Yes. Mm -hmm. For the forgiveness, right. For the forgiveness. Now, that seems to have changed, but I wasn't clear if that changed for the pre- and post-June 5th um, loan uh, uh, assignments. Yeah, so that's changed now to make it to December 31st. So you can, as long as you're bringing back your headcount to kind of full capacity, if you will, by December 31st, then you you still meet that kind of forgiveness yeah. period. Yeah. So we might be what ifing things, but what if someone brings back everybody September 1st, right? And, may, and maybe that be maybe that would be in an excess of optimism. All right, I'm going to bring everyone back. And I'm going to have everyone work a couple of months and then, you know, whatever we call it, the second spike or just we don't know what the economic impact of all this is going to be. 
your customers all of a sudden dry up because they've been hit by this thing. Is it going to be sort of a magic who is on payroll at the 31st of December? Is that how they're going to look at it? Because you know, when you go back, you had two options, right? You right. Had last year's, you have 2019, or you have the first couple of months of right. 2020 to say, this is the period I want you to judge my headcount by, right? Right, right. So you remember, you still are falling in that 24 weeks, which is basically six months. So they, I think they purposely did that December 31st, June 5th. You do the math. It's about six months either way. Right. So you're got, it, I think it's going to be pretty close. So they're looking at that 24 week period. So, you, you know, by that, by the end of that 24 week, you're supposed to be kind of at full capacity, full headcount, if you will, yeah. to where you were pre. Now, remember, if you are, if you can get there and you spend all of the, the funds, you should be able to spend all those funds, hopefully within that 24 week period. Um, you may just want to submit your application then so that you can say, hey, look, I'm up there, especially if you think perhaps there might be a change in headcount. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's so submit your forgiveness application. Correct. Correct. Right. So you showed me the forgiveness application about two <laughs> weeks ago, and I printed it all out, and I said, oh, my God, this is way harder than the loan application. Yes. And way more complex, way, way more pages, questions. I, I said, uh, this, is, this is nuts. Now, is there a new application for forgiveness, or that is coming? To be determined, well, to be to be coming, if you will. Um, Secretary Mnuchin actually said that he's hoping to release, and I'll say it in quotes, you can't really see me, simplified uh, yeah. form. And actually, there's talk that they're going to, you're going to be able to submit it via portal. So I think really what what's going to happen here is I think the banks are going to want to kind of CYA it a little bit more and probably ask for a little bit more information than even the SBA is going to need to kind of you know, calculate that forgiveness. So I think your banks are probably going to want similar really to the application process. Some banks wanted various bank statements and, you know, payroll reports. Others were just kind of a few items and, and then it's kind of on them. I think it's going to be the same thing that the banks, their comfort level to how the money was spent. But really the submission to the SBA is going to be what it sounds like a much more simplified method. Um, you know, another point I want to bring out is you always hear the talk of change and whatnot. First, we first heard it going from the eight weeks to the 24 weeks. You know, there's a push in Congress now to actually just forgive every loan under $150,000 because I think they said that 85% of the applicants are, or the people receiving loans were under $150,000. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in kind of looking at the paperwork requirements, um, that might happen. And it's something that both sides seem to rarely in Congress now agree <laughs> with. I mean, this went through pretty quickly. It's kind of common sense, I think, because it benefits, <clears throat> excuse me, both sides of the table here. It just makes sense. So who knows? I mean, hopefully simplified might mean if you're under 150, you're, you know, you're golden. Now, I wouldn't count on that. I right. think you still have to be prudent. Because remember, too, that the first thing that, you know, everyone was concerned about was what does it mean a decline in business? What, you know, and they came out and they said, if you got under $2 million in a PPP loan, you don't have to worry about that. So it's possible that might happen, but you know, I don't think anyone should plan on that. I mean, you have the 24 weeks, right. you know, kind of stick to the guidelines there. And once again, I said in the first part, just document, just kind of stay on top of that, kind of do it early, 
get, you know, keep copies of what you should have. And, you in, know. in that light, I read somewhere it's 10 months from the end of your cover period when you have to submit yes. the forgiveness application. Yes, it's yes. It's a pretty long time. It is, yeah. So that was it. They It was a much smaller time. I think it was two months from when your forgiveness period you had to submit by. So you have time. So really, now, I wonder if that's not also to kind of buy time so that people don't send it in because maybe there is going to be future changes. I, I don't know. Yeah, right. But, you know, there is, Jeff, there is something I think that's very important that I know is dear, near and dear to your heart. And that's the treatment of felons. Mm. We talked about a few. Well, they're not felons yet, but I think perhaps they may be headed that way. Were in hot water last time yeah. we talked about this. So the uh, new law, you know, there was a question on there: Have you been convicted of a felony within the past five years? Um, and I think there was a lot of pushback that you know people are trying to start over. If someone an issue now, they've only made that criteria a year unless it's related to a financial crime. So I think our friends in Rhode Island and Massachusetts probably <laughs> were, you know, should never apply to begin with given their uh, past uh, discretions there. But uh, so that's, I think, so I think they're just looking at this thing, you know, really trying to open this up to, if you have a business, if you're a business owner and you've right. been a good boy for, or a gal for a year and you really need it because once again, if you're an owner and you might be employing, you know, you're going to be employing other, it's really hurting the employees then. Right. right. So. I mean, really, who cares? Yeah. What shady stuff you, you know, you sold a bag of weed five years ago. Yes. Like, who cares about that? If you're employing people now and, and you're doing a big job painting someone's house, yeah. like let's, let's get it going. Exactly. You know? exactly. But back to the blanket forgiveness, you know, I served on the board of uh, Habitat and uh, it was wonderful organization experience and they would give people loans that was mm -hmm. important you buy the house on a on a um an income-based mortgage interest-free but still people would fall behind and we would get into arguments about what we ought to do and we had to be shepherds of that money so you know in as much as i'm in that category of having a small loan and don't want to fill out paperwork and everything like that I at least want the government to be a semi-good shepherd of this money. At least make people swear to something that they that they made a good faith effort to spend it on the required stuff. So you don't have like the guy we talked about last time that had the Rolex and the Rolls Royce and such like that. You know, make him at least swear to something. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's similar like your tax return, right? You're you're kind of on the honor system. You yeah. submit. But it's subject to audit. So you could probably do that. And then just like tax returns, you know, they're probably going to look at the higher value loans anyway, because it's probably the most bang for your buck there and maybe sure. have a sliding scale. But I agree. I mean, listen, this was a lifeline that the government gave for sure. all businesses here that were eligible. And I think, you know, it's it isn't too much to ask to submit or at least attest to the fact that you've used the money appropriately. Yeah, and, and before anyone you know throws a, a tomato at me for saying you know you should swear to uh, everyone should want the government to be good shepherds of the money, and maybe they're not such great shepherds of the money. I'm not saying create audit teams of humans no. to go around and check on these small dollar loans. Who cares? You got money into the economy, and it's, and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. The whole point was acceleration of money, and yet all the money stopped dead. And now you got some money sloshing around in the economy. You know, people are able to pay bills, and, and not everything came crashing down all at once, right? right. You talk about flattening the curve. 
this flattens the financial curve. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm no economist, but I'm not sure that we're done with the curve once some of the stimulus starts to be spent down, that there won't be other industries that are impacted. And uh, I don't think it's going to be just even a few months or even just this year before the dust settles. I had Kurt Reinheimer on, who does uh, tons of bankruptcy, and just had Josh Denbo, who does the foreclosure defense work. You know, and they're looking at next year and the following year, you know, ripple on effects here. Yeah. I mean, listen, this was a lifeline. It's not going to stave off a business that's on the brink anyway. I think, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of good businesses that were thriving before, but we're living in a new world now. And who knows if you see what happens, you know, we live in New Jersey and we see, you know, that it seems like the rules change constantly as to when things are allowed to open, when what you're allowed to do. So right. um, let me just ask the people in Asbury, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll give you some choice uh, words there. I mean, it's it's for all businesses. Right now, they're outdoor dining. When is, you know, that's great. But what about someone's not equipped for that? Or, you know, the weather starts to turn. I don't know if people are going to sit outside in February and have a meal. Um, <laughs> I would. I like I'm the cold. Like as long as it's myself. not snowing or raining, I'm good with that. that but. I love that. As long as I can grip my utensils, <laughs> that's my standard. You know, and in one of the articles we were looking at in the Forbes, you know, great article by uh, Gassman, um, see, he quotes uh, Secretary Mnuchin saying, "We're going to need another bipartisan legislation." to put more money into the economy. So I assume that's coming sometime this year. Yeah, and I think that would probably be even targeted more to specific industries, restaurants, yeah. entertainment, those that have really been, yeah. you know, probably affected the most hairstyle, you know, hair salons, sure. those type of things. Now, for the small employers that didn't take the PPP, there are some other uh, resources out there. We were talking about maybe this employer tax credit. Can you just highlight yeah. that for us? So really what that is, is uh, that, that's also was something the government tried to institute to help uh, maintain jobs. So if you, you know, didn't take a PPP loan, which um, just also to let you know that the applications do close June 30th. All right. And Good reminder. Anyone that's eligible go apply. There's no reason not to apply for PPP. I can't stress that enough. Um, But let's say you didn't qualify or you didn't want that or whatever. If you're still maintaining employees and you can show you've been impacted still, uh, dropping revenue or, you know, the government shut you down, there is an employer tax credit. Basically, it's going to allow you a credit for the federal Social Security, Medicare, the employer match of that for a period of time. you know, that will, you, you can, you can actually have both a PPP and those uh, get, be getting the federal tax credits. But once your loan is forgiven, you, you no longer eligible for the tax credits. Okay. Gotcha. So, so it's it, kind it of isn't like, either or, but it's not exactly an either. No, or. but what I would said is people who, who have um, applied for the credits, you know, you can still do that. And then yeah. just once you get the forgiveness though, that's when it's supposed to stop. I gotcha. All right. Very good. Right, I'm going to let you go. Usually I keep you here for an hour, two hours, whatever. Uh, like I said, today's the 16th. This should be, you should be hearing this on maybe the 18th or 19th. And I'll just say a quick thank you. So I've been plugging my new book, The First Eight Days of Your Divorce. And uh, as we sit here, I showed Mike 
we are number one Amazon new releases in the divorce and family law section. So thank you very much, my pre-ordering friends. Obviously, you can continue ordering on the uh, Amazon first eight days of your divorce. It's very simple. You press a button. It's the deal of the century in terms of the ebook. And then I will have the paperback books in a couple of weeks. So thank you very much for that. And with that, we will sign off on this quickie PPP update. If we get another big change, another big set of guidance or regs, we'll be back again. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff again. Need to find us? Check us out on the web at hornlawgroup.net or give us a call at 732-736-9300. Thanks.